previously on Little Bit Leave It. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island, UK in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me, as always, it is my partner in podcasting and partner in life, Becca. Whoa, I was preparing something funny and catchy to say, and you switched those around, and now I'm all thrown off. What's up, cats and kittens? Get your mittens, and away we go. Away we go, and if you really like this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit and support us there for as little as $2 per month. Today, we are talking about the fifth week of the seventh season of Love Island UK, and Love Island is back, baby! Man, time has flown. Those first three weeks are like a fart on the wind. Unpleasant, but blown away. And really, we needed that to get to what we have now. This season has really turned into something pretty cool, I think, at this point. We've got more than one troublemaker. We've got more than one relationship. And we've got a bunch of new hot babes. Yeah, because it is Casa Week. So what happened this week? So the basics, obviously it is Casa Amor week, but before we meet the 12 new singles, we say goodbye to Aaron and Lucinda who lose a public vote. Fare thee well, Arcinda. We'll get into that. Not surprising given how unpopular Lucinda seemed to be. And then we also got 12 new Islanders, but only six are still with us at the end of the week. And those are Amy, Clarice, and Mary from the Casa Girls and Dale, Matt, and Sam, the new boys who went to the villa. Batting 500, which is not bad for the Casa crew. One of the big changes that I've seen in terms of how people are talking about the show on social media, especially on Twitter and on Reddit, Everybody loves Toby now. It's about 50-50 on Facebook, I would say. Yeah, but before, everybody hated Toby, right? I think Facebook is still maybe less into Toby. I think the Facebook people are older and less willing to put up with his shit. Maybe, but I will tell you that the subreddit has seen a massive shift in attitudes toward Toby. And not because people are actually sympathizing with him. I feel like it's because he's bringing so much drama and entertainment into the show i'm more sympathetic to that yeah i actually kind of feel like people are laughing at him a little bit how do you feel about that the ethics of people supporting him because they enjoy laughing at him i feel fine fuck that guy okay i can see that now another thought that i had is toby this year's curtis he can't dance he's not he's not a professional anything (laughs) Yeah, he can't dance. He's not a professional anything. He's a boy child. No, Curtis is way, way. I don't want to say better because I'm not a big Curtis fan either. But Curtis is a fully formed man. And he came onto the show a fully formed man where I feel like Toby is just like clay in a boy shape. I can see that. I meant it more in the sense that like Curtis, Toby has been very self-absorbed, very self-centered and has been a vehicle for some of the girls in the villa to project their own feelings about romance onto him when he's just kind of a doofus. Well, Curtis played along. 
Yes, that is true. Toby does not really seem to be actively creating a delusion. No, Toby's a jerk, and I will point out specific examples of his jerkiness within the context of the detailed recap. So let's do that now. Before we get to Casa Amor, we've got Toby being really pissed still about what Hugo said at the recoupling. So he tells Hugo to worry about himself, which is yet another line I have heard from our four-year-old. The parallels between Toby and our preschooler are uncanny uncanny and upsetting he's happy enough with abby though as he says that the joy of love it makes it worth being a bad person and those are not his exact words but we all know that that's the vibe he's giving off when they wake up in the morning after that whole blow up and he's in a suspiciously good mood everyone wants to know what's going on we didn't get a football scene afterwards so we don't know the score no but we do get the field day challenge. And that is Toby's outlet for all of these emotions that he's feeling. Yeah, I'm not sure that he's so thrilled that Mr. Hammond gets to be in charge. Well, Mr. Hammond is a PE teacher, in fairness. And really, we still feel bad for him. So give him a moment in the sun. Yeah. Now, Toby gets super duper excited when he a semi-professional athlete, beats a guy with a club foot in a sack race. And don't forget about all the ridiculous smack talk. I guess Toby's little boy ego really needed that. So he beats Hugo one-on-one, but his team loses to Chloe and Hugo's team, and he immediately gets super duper angry and starts furiously lifting weights to blow off that steam. Toby is a, he's not just a 12-year-old, he is a lame 12-year-old. I also want to mention the girl drama because people were buzzing about it on Facebook. Chloe faces off against Abby for the sack race and a voice pipes up, I took your man, I'll take you in this. Kidding! And that turned out to be Faye standing behind Abby. Do you think Faye was out of line? I don't know, Faye has a kind of a mean streak to her, so... I don't know if I would go so far as to say out of line, but it was not a nice thing. It wasn't helpful. But Chloe wins and she gets the crow in the beach hut. I gave you my man and a thrashing. The only person who seems to be really upset by that whole day was Toby. Yep. Now, Toby eventually apologizes to Chloe. Not to Hugo, but to Chloe. He only apologizes to Chloe because Millie literally drags him over there. But he does finally say he's sorry. He holds himself accountable for his actions. And she gives him the green light to crack on with Abby. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the villa, Aaron opens up to Lucinda about his feelings. He usually plays it cool, but he liked her. And there are lots of kissies. Kaz is thrilled that they are all one big happy family. So, of course, cue the text for the dumping ceremony. The public has been voting. The Islanders are reminded that Tyler and Kaz and Abby and Toby are safe. Chloe looks pretty pissed about that. The public votes Liam and Millie, Jibberty, and Chloe and Hugo safe. And it's Toby's turn to look annoyed. With Fetty and Arcinda at the bottom, it is Aaron and Lucinda who end up on their way out. As I mentioned, I wasn't surprised by Lucinda being voted out given how unpopular she seemed to be, largely because people found her accent annoying and she was very pretty 
and people didn't seem to like that either, maybe. Really? Yeah. I've heard that a thousand times on TikTok. Well, I don't actually go on TikTok, but I've seen people repost TikToks on Twitter and Reddit. Anyway, one of the interesting things about Lucinda's departure is that it seems to me like she is being evaluated primarily on whether she will be able to get endorsement deals and branded clothing lines because, you know, she was only on the show for a few weeks. There is this segment of the Love Island fan base that views the goal of going on the show as, you know, as selling out, right? Like everybody obviously wants to be a social media influencer if they're going on this show. And so the whole point is to sell out to brands and they don't see this as a bad thing. They see it as aspirational. You know, obviously that's not universal. Not everybody aspires to be a social media influencer, but the dominant youth culture that, you know, we grew up in, we are in our late thirties. When we were kids, people our age thought a desire to make money just for making money's sake was really kind of craven and also not cool. Like you were supposed to be quote unquote authentic to yourself, selling out posers, but today's Zoomers don't really seem to have that same outlook. I am really thinking about Reality Bites here, which is all about, you know, picking the guy who's authentic and dirty versus the guy who sold out and wears a suit. We're Xennials, right? So we have some Gen X beliefs and that resistance to selling out is really Gen X. Yeah. So I think a lot of our generation has had to sell out because you know, we were taught, go to the office, get a job, work your 40 hours a week, you know, live the American dream. And it started to become more and more clear that that's either not the way to happiness or not the way to success. And with all of the economic collapses here and abroad, gig economy, the social media economy, that's become more and more the basis of many people's livelihood. And so, yeah, working in an office is not can be a real dead end for a lot of people or not even possible if you have a disability, if you don't have a car, if you live way out in the boonies, if it's just not who you are, how you want to live. And the Internet gives us so many more opportunities. Right. There's a couple of things that you said that I want to hone in on. So first, this idea that we were sold this bill of goods, right, that if you go and work your office job or you go work your factory job, that there is going to be a two-way loyalty, right? You're loyal to your employer and your employer will be loyal to you and take care of your benefits. But we weren't even sold factory jobs. I feel like our generation was sold college and the office. Yeah, absolutely. Like you go to college and you have to go to college because that's how you will have a good life. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is that as employer-employee relationships became destabilized and more employees are classified as contractors and, you know, the decline of unions making jobs so much less secure and labor really losing a lot of the leverage that it had in previous decades, I think obviously a lot of people feel like we were sold a bill of goods, like I said. And I think what you say about how the internet can actually be empowering, like you can view this quote unquote selling out as taking control of your own economic future. I mean, that seems to be the way that 
a lot of the Zoomers think about selling out, right? It's actually empowering. It's a personal brand. You are your company. Your company is you. And you're going to make money for being yourself or some heightened version of yourself. Right. Now, I would say the big, big difference is that it is literally impossible for everybody to be a social media influencer. If everybody was a social media influencer, then nobody would get paid anything as being an influencer. It wouldn't be a viable job. Right. But when you're gorgeous and on TV, you have a leg up. Yeah. And so it's only a small, very small number of people who can really be successful influencers as a career, as opposed to the bill of goods that our generation was sold, this idea that everybody can achieve that. And obviously that ignores racism. It ignores people's economic circumstances. It ignores all kinds of things. You know, this whole American dream myth. Right. And not everybody could become successful at that, even beyond the reasons that you say, which are all very valid and prevalent. Not everybody's going to get through law school. Not everybody's going to get through medical school. Not everybody's going to get through college. Yeah. I guess my point is that the myth that we were sold was still a myth about the collective and about society and about what we can all achieve kind of together in a little bit. Yeah, together has been fucked, hasn't it? Right. But And now the bill of goods that is being sold to the Zoomers is... You know, very individualistic compared to what we were sold, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they want to call us thinking we're all special snowflakes. Like, I think a little bit of believing in yourself is not a bad thing. No, I I agree 100%. And what's interesting also is how people project themselves as they're watching the show. Viewers project themselves onto the characters and identify with people, don't identify with other people. And the whole thing around Lucinda I think was really interesting to me and yeah we'll see if she gets that branded clothing line I don't know but she's been seeing a lot with Brad so I think she's a little busy now before he leaves Aaron encourages Hugo to shoot his shot with Chloe and he tells Hugo to be really direct Hugo is not convinced and Ian warns I don't know who exactly That if Chloe cracks on with him, she'll be out next. Yeah, Hugo does not take his advice. Perhaps some misguided chivalry so Chloe can stick around. Yeah, he opts for the pusillanimous path. I don't know what the fuck that means, but not being able to stop laughing when you're trying to crack on with a girl is not romantical at all. And he ruins it and she is weirded out from the start. He had no chance. Yeah, no, he totally, totally blew it. You should never say, well, I'm not sticking it on you if you are indeed sticking it on the person you are talking to. You should also not blame someone else for putting the thought in your head. That sounds like you don't really want to be there, mate. I really do have to wonder if Hugo had been direct, whether he might have actually been successful. I mean, the only time that you ever see Chloe taking Hugo seriously as a suitor is... Basically for about five minutes during and immediately following that speech he gave at the recoupling, which was really brave and sexy. Yeah. Alpha male. And I kind of wonder if brave Hugo became the new norm, would Chloe have gone for it? 
in the end, I highly doubt it, but he might have gotten a few ill-advised snogs out of it. Yeah, I think that's about right. Like they would have hooked up. She would have entertained it for a few days and then he would have gone back to being Hugo. Agreed. The next morning, everybody looks extremely tired and hungover after a late public vote and dumping ceremony. Even the weather is shit, which doesn't help. Yeah, it is an overcast day and the guys have to sneak out to get to Casa Amor while the girls are upstairs on the snogging deck. You see the girls talking in the foreground and they've got the guys running out in the background. I think one of them even jumps up and clicks his heels. Very, very funny. Jake, Liam, and Teddy all leave mementos for their couple mate. Liberty comes down from the snogging deck to find an empty villa. Well, she obviously runs back upstairs and alerts the girls. And usually there is a great sense of mystery, whether feigned or not, about where the guys went. But Teddy, besides leaving a memento, also leaves his phone with the text wide open. So the girls know exactly what they're up to, removing some of the drama. Yeah, I have to wonder if that was producer initiated. No, I think that was just Teddy being caught up in the moment. Okay. As is tradition, the girls pack the boys' stuff. Kaz sends her robe, a bikini, and white jeans to give the girls the ick. Millie sends her precious Sagittarius necklace. Faye sends her special stuffy and a salute to Ellie Belly. And Jake gets a bra and, as is revealed later, two different size shoes. It was a funny little collection of items. So now we're at Casar Amore. Which is how they say Casa Amor, right? They say Casar. I've heard Amore a few times. I don't know if I ever actually heard Casar Amore, but I think you do hear both. All right. So here we are at Casar Amore. The boys are thrilled to be out and we get the girls. Yeah. So why don't you just give me your first impressions of each one of these girls? All right. First, Clarice. She's 23 and she's from London. I got Cardi B vibes. Interesting. Not so much personality, but I thought like the similarity in their looks was spooky. And then I went back and re-looked just to make sure I wasn't being an asshole. And I don't know. I see it. Lily is 22 from Newcastle and an accountant. An accountant trainee. Thank you very much. I am not impressed with Lily. We've got Amy, who is 25 from Surrey and very vaguely a performer. A brunette. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Something the guys haven't had much experience with this season. Then we have got Kayla. She is 28 from Dublin, and she is an international DJ. She has very cool hair and no shot with any of these guys. Yeah, she is way too cool for this show. These guys are not cool. She is very cool. And too old. Yeah, she's a little older. AJ was in her late 20s. She's gone. Rachel's in her late 20s. She's gone. Yeah, are any of these guys? I guess Tyler's 26. Yeah, but they're all boy children and they don't want older, accomplished women. Yeah. We've got Salma. She may do a little better because she's only 20 and she is a model. You legitimately do not see her at all after the introduction. Like she sleeps with her head under the covers, but I think they just replaced her with pillows. Yeah. She gets no screen time. And finally, we have got Mary. She is 22 from Leeds and a model. I couldn't tell Mary and Lily apart for like the first two days. Until Lily started becoming a plot point, I could not tell the two apart. I can see that. Okay, let's talk about the boys. So we've got Dale. He is 21 from Glasgow and a barber. Abby's feeling that ink. She certainly is. We've got Jack. 
He is 26 from Sussex, and he is a race car driver and driving coach. Which is the only interesting thing about him. He's another almost good-looking blonde guy. So here's the guy that I really was hoping to get to know him. The little glimpses we got seemed like he would be funny, but we barely see him at all. Just like we barely see Mehdi, who is 24 and an American footballer from Newton. So he's not American, but he plays American football. You mean Wish.com, Chad? Yeah. And then apparently this team that he's on is not, it's kind of like Toby's team hashtag. It's kind of marginally professional. So he's not playing for the Vikings. Not exactly. Then we have got Harry. He is 24, also from Glasgow. That's a Blackadder reference. So I'm not just making fun of Glaswegians. Is that what they're called? Glaswegians? I think so. He's a car salesman and he is our contest winner from Tinder. He's also unintelligible, and I'm really glad that he didn't stick around because with the jankiness of this year's subtitles, I was hoping that I wasn't going to have to listen to him after finally being rid of Brad. Yeah, I have to say, he just looks so happy to be here. You and can, I don't blame him. No, you can tell. He's the contest winner. It's like a viewer, a fan of the show, all of a sudden finding themselves in the villa. It's actually kind of cool. Then we have got Matthew. He is 26 from Northern Ireland. So very easy for all of us Americans to understand. And he is a strategic marketing consultant. Oh, man. You know, he's a grown up. Grown ups tend to not do well on this show, but he is more successful than many of the other grown ups. So good on him. Yeah. And finally, we have got Sam. He is 23 and a machinery engineer. Cute dimples, but fuck that guy. Wow. The main thing that happens in the first couple of days is basically that the girls are chased while the guys play away. Yeah, so straight out, talking like first afternoon, right? Teddy says he's been with Faye two and a half weeks, but he's open. Tyler says he and Kaz get along well, but let's see what happens. Liam says, I'm happy, not just comfortable, but we'll see. And Jake says, I have a girlfriend. Oh, shit. Yeah, it sounds like Jake is the only one who is really committed to his partner back at the villa. Well, he kind of has to be considering he just got boyfriended up. Yeah. Very recently. And you have to know when the mid... I mean, maybe they're making like notches on the wall like they're in prison. But you have to know you're coming to the midway point and that any move you make before Casa... You have to either stick by or betray. Yeah, there is this larger debate online about how much Jake really knows what he is doing. Someone did lay out to me. They're like, look, everything Jake has done shows that he understands this show, that he is a student of Love Island. But let's talk a little bit more about that later. So in terms of that chasteness versus, you know, being a little bit more loose with things. Lad's holiday. Yep. We've got games this first night, these unofficial icebreaker games. They're not competing against each other. It's not the Casa versus the Villa. But these games, to me, did look like they were probably producer initiated. We don't have full confirmation, but the girls play Never Have I Ever and the guys play Truth or Dare. Well, Amy is shown suggesting that. Ah. But whether or not it was her idea is up for debate. I'm not so sure. To me, this seems to be the producers setting the drama in motion. So 
Never Have I Ever is Never Have I Ever Done Anything Interesting over at the villa. That scene is completely boring and not much to talk about. Faye likes snooping. Woo. So let's get into what is happening over at the Casser because shit is going wild. It literally looks like a Girls Gone Wild video over there with less titties. Yep. We've got some toe sucking from Teddy and Tyler. Teddy kisses Clarice's feet, so not quite toe sucking, but then he gets a snog from her in short order, so I wonder if the kiss was as salty as the feet. Those are his words, not mine. Liam gets a lap dance from Lily and a three-way kiss with Salma and Clarice. Not to mention a regular snog from Lily, too. Wow. Yeah, Teddy is dared to snog who he would want to share a bed with. He's already said he's sleeping outside in a day bed, even if it's with another dude. But he snogs Mary anyway, and then he feels guilty about it. He didn't have to do that. And as we'll see, he probably shouldn't have. Yeah. And I also wonder if he just kind of chose her randomly because she was sitting next to him. He likes blondes. He does. So anyway, Toby is at it again, also with Mary. Hugo has a hot kiss with Amy. Is something finally happening? You know, she's shown more interest in Tyler, but you can't deny the chemistry with Hugo. Yeah. And that first night, she does end up sleeping with Tyler, or at least in the same bed as him. The OG girls back at the villa, they all sleep away from the boys for the first two nights. And Millie and Lib sleep in the guys' shirts that were left as the mementos. So... Instead of kind of just giving everybody a play-by-play for the whole cast, there's 24 people here. Let's focus in on a few of our key movers and And what the hell are they doing? Yeah. So what the hell is Chloe doing? There are six available guys and Chloe decides to put all her eggs in Dale's basket for some reason. Similar to maybe how she only had eyes for Toby? She's trying to do a better job coming off her recent heartbreak with Toby. She says she's not going to go for who she fancies, but who gives her the best vibe. Uh, And Jack, you know, good old Jack. Jack does earn two chats, she says, for making her good iced coffee. So at first, it almost looks like she's going to give everybody their due time. But no. No, she, she really doesn't. And it's also very clear that she has picked Dale based on his looks. That's who she finds the fittest. And she thinks that he is going to have this alpha male Jack the Lad personality. But turns out that he is really into anime. And I got the sense that he saw her as kind of shallow. He does seem amused by her liking Dragon Ball Z. I don't know how much she really enjoyed it and how much she was just trying to find a common interest between them. But the rest of their conversations are all really dry, boring chats about how well they get along. And she probably also didn't need to tell him twice how terrible those terrible chains he's wearing are. They're terrible. I don't know. I kind of like them. No, I'm just kidding. I wore that kind of thing when I was like 16. Yeah, in the 90s. Yes, in the 90s. Then Dale tells Chloe, before the recoupling, he tells her that he is not interested in pursuing something romantic with her and that he wants to crack on with Faye. Ouch! Getting pied at Casa as the only single girl? He even tells her it wouldn't be fair to sleep in the bed with her. I know, it's just, wow. They leave it as friends, but because she has not spent any time with any of these other guys, really, she has to choose him at the recoupling anyway. Let's talk about what the hell is Jake doing? Yeah, what the hell is Jake doing? 
He tells the guys, if you're on a lad's holiday and you don't have a girlfriend, you're doing bits. Yeah. Now, do you think that he is just trying to live vicariously through these guys and in particular through Liam? I think he'll take what he can get. Do you think that Jake has some big strategy at play as some folks on the internet seem to think? So that's kind of what you were alluding to before, right? That he is a student of the game, that he is masterfully plotting their relationship to become the Villa sweethearts and win the money. I don't think he's that bright. Other contestants who are now dumped say he's not that manipulative. I don't like to sell people short. He could be. I mean, it's not impossible, but he'd have to be a really good actor. And, you know, you're not playing in ideal conditions. You're playing with fatigue. You're playing with emotions. You're playing with hormones. You're playing with alcohol. It's not impossible, but I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with you because... He does really come across as one of the most sincere and quote unquote authentic people this season. And certainly the other Islanders who are no longer on the show have been saying that they can't conceive of him coming up with such a deceptive plan. Oh, but you know what? I do kind of hope when the whole thing is said and done, if he wins and he's just like, ha ha ha, you fools. Uh, Professor Jake has bested you all. Oh yeah, like he takes the money and then he loses his Jack the Lad persona. This was all an elaborate experiment. I am Jack. I've got an M-Phil from, you know, Oxford or Cambridge or whatever. Oh, his name's not even Jake. It's yeah, Jack. It's Jack. And Ooh. he's been lying to us the whole time. Yeah. Ooh. That's and it's all been an, a social experiment. Oh, I hope so. That would be so amazing. But people pointed out the bracelets because Kim did the bracelets in season three. Yeah, it could just be taking a good idea. It could be. It could be. And the fact that he timed it right before Casa. Is that a coincidence or did he know? I mean, either way, I don't necessarily think that's evidence of some scheme. So let's turn our attention to another guy and... In a tribute to Mr. Brad McClellan, all I'm going to do is say, Liam, 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 Liam. Oh, see, I read that as Liam, 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 Liam. Yeah, that's kind of how I meant it at first. But then I was like, you know what? I got to do the Brad thing. All right. Well, it doesn't take very long for Liam to go from happy with Millie to if Millie didn't exist, that truth or dare game would have been even raunchier. Meanwhile, like we said, Jake is egging him on. Eat the cake and have some fun. Yeah, Liam seems a little nervous at first, but he soon realizes that he wants to be tested. And in a video interview with Chris Taylor from season five, and that's on YouTube somewhere, we saw Brad tell us that basically the first thing Liam did when he got to the villa was ask when Casa Amor was. Not a great sign, guy. No. So Liam and Lily, after all of their truth or daring, they end up sharing a bed. Liam had initially been not so sure about wanting to do that, but they have a hard cuddle night one. But when they break up into gender chats the next day, they both blame the other one. Yeah. Did you find one of them more believable than the other? No, I think they both thought it was the other one. Yeah. I don't know. What was interesting to me is that the first part of their stories aligned, but it was only the second part that diverged. So, yeah, I don't know who to believe, but I do have some suspicions. Well, it turns out his head is with Millie, but his wiener is with Lily. Her head is all Liam and she is straight up about it. Yeah. 
Now, his piss-poor communication skills and habit of avoiding confrontation do allow Lily to take the driver's seat and set the terms of their relationship, for the most part. You know, she's constantly pushing him at Casa, and, you know, he doesn't always say no, though. No, him telling her that he's happy with Millie and they have something good, but he's attracted to her, should have been a giant red flag. It should not have been the welcome mat into a bed. And Millie at least is smart. She says the whole time that she 100% does not trust Liam at all. At least Millie is not getting her heart set on a great fantasy recoupling. And as an aside, what's up with Liam liking girls with rhyming names? Is he trying to make our job harder? All I know is that Lily is like nothing near Millie. No. Yeah, we're definitely team Millie. Now, Liam also seeks out the advice he wants at Casa. So toward the end, he wants to have a kiss with Lily outside the challenge to see, you know, I don't know why, just probably because he wants to kiss a pretty girl. And he asks Teddy and Hugo if he should do it. And they tell him, no, you really shouldn't. If you're serious about Millie and you, especially if you already feel like you're going to go back to Millie, like your feelings are stronger for her, you should not do this. And what does Liam do? He turns around and goes to talk to Tyler and Toby. Yes, those paragons of ethics. Yes, of course. They've been so considerate to women's feelings on the show. And they say, oh, yeah, go for it, man. And so, you know, three to two, because Jake's been team play around, the majority rules. So after giving Liam shit for having his mind on Millie while flirting with her, Lily takes a different route. She says, you're not in a relationship, so just kiss me so you can comparison shop. And he does. A lot. And Jake and Teddy, you know, one angel on the shoulder, one devil on the shoulder, are horrified. They know he has done something he cannot come back from. And then when he's interrogated later, he says he now realizes that he hearts Millie. And he really turns on Lily after this. He turns his back on her in bed. And there's this really funny dialogue. She's wearing this like really skimpy dress, which we will go into. And he tells her, I can see your nipple. And she goes, is that good? And he goes, no. Yeah. But he really turns on her and acts like the whole thing is her fault to her face. Yeah. I think that was unfair to her, but I really don't agree with Lily's view of the relationship. But we'll get into that later. Can you explain to me what the hell Hugo is doing? Was he not aggressive enough in expressing his interest in Amy at first? Well, I think she was more interested in Tyler. But to be fair, he continues to friend zone himself by not talking to any girls. And on night one, he and Kayla end up in a bed together. And it is very clearly like the reject bed. Yeah. We knew that she was going to get no interest from any guys, but he could have had interest. He had that hot kiss with Amy. He could have grafted harder. Yeah, I have no idea what his deal is, man. Do you think that Tyler put Amy off a bit? Do you think he might have pushed her away because, well, he wasn't that into her and that he also knew Hugo was? I don't think Tyler putting off Amy was for Hugo's sake. You know, she asked him to share a bed and he said he was talking to a few girls and not ready to pick one to sleep with yet. Hugo finally gets around to talking with Amy and he does ask her to share a bed, but she's already asked Tyler and she's waiting for Tyler's answer. Yeah, it's all very awkward. 
And Tyler, of course, eventually accepts Amy's invitation. So is it just me or is Hugo extremely picky? I mean, I get being selective and having high standards, but you need to actually get to know someone a little bit to give them a chance or you're not ever going to find anybody who meets those standards. Yeah, but I think that was a conversation for last week. I think he gives Amy a fair go. They have a few chats that frequently come very close to cringe town and he manages to rescue them. You know, he's chatting shit to her about her racket sport skills that almost went left. And he does well enough to get an invite to share the bed with Amy on night two. So he accepts and then he tells her that he would high five her, but doesn't want to get friend zoned. I actually thought that was a a funny joke, especially if you've been watching the show. It was almost for our benefit as much as Amy's. She didn't like it. No. But he gets rave reviews for their night together. They stayed up all night talking. She fell asleep cuddling him and she never does that. So whatever Hugo is doing with Amy, he is doing something right. Yeah, no, I agree. What I was more reacting to is that he only seems to be giving time to Amy. I mean... Look, we don't see everything. We don't know all the conversations he had. And obviously the producers need to focus in on the most key relationships because we've only got an hour a day. But I don't know if I were Hugo, I probably would have been moving mad or at least pursuing two girls. Anyway, congratulations to Hugo. It only took six girls over 26 episodes, but Hugo finally snogs a girl who he likes and who likes him back. Wow. Another question I had after watching some of these conversations is how come Hugo hasn't been this smooth before in any other conversation with any other girl? Smooth? I mean, I guess comparatively, but you know, the whole job done, Love Island, I made it. That was smooth. That wasn't, but a very, very funny bit of context for that job done comment. Apparently... The first time that they did that, it was true. It wasn't improvised. Like she wanted to do a pinky promise and he went in for a snog. That part was pretty smooth. Yeah, that did really happen. But what we saw was the fifth take because they couldn't quite get the angle right or whatever. And so they had to snog five times. You know, the fifth time he's probably just like, okay, got it. You know? Yeah. And she didn't look thrilled either. No, I'm sure she did not look very thrilled. It seems like it was more of a result of having to reshoot that kiss five times. Or are you talking about the smooth conversation where she asks him his biggest turn on and he said that his biggest turn on is her and she rolls her eyes at him so hard. Hugo is not smooth. No, not at all. He has a few flashes of brilliance, but... I thought the pinky promise into the snog was an A-plus move. Credit where credit's due. So... Faye, 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 Faye. Are we going to do this for everybody? No. Okay. What the hell is going on with Faye? Her insecurities are causing problems. She's worried that Teddy might stray. She tries to convince herself and the other girls that she and Teddy weren't a good match anyway. She's wearing his ring and his aftershave while worrying that he's too calm and not funny enough for her. She obviously really likes him. You don't wear your dude's stuff if you don't like them. But, you know, she's trying to pull problems out of thin air. So let's talk about some other islanders who are a little less center of focus. The Faye one doesn't really bubble up for a while anyway. So Mary decides she is going to share a bed with Toby before even asking him. Uh, And when she tells him, he says, "Okay, but it would be different if he was still with Chloe. 
I don't even know what that means. He has no problem playing around now that he's coupled with Abby. Meanwhile, Abby is back at the villa holding out for him. And he figures if he and Abby both recouple, it's not necessarily the end for them. You know, this dude's mental gymnastics is Olympic level. Yeah, I agree. So when I was saying that Toby's a jerk, he acts like snuggling him and getting coffee from him are huge prizes to be won. And Mary is falling for it, hook, line, and sinker, and they kiss and... I don't know how he keeps pulling girls with awful treatment and all the negging. I hate it. Not good modeling. So I guess Faye's insecurities are not totally unfounded because Teddy has a chat with Clarice. He still wants Faye, but he feels pressure to explore since he's single. But however, Clarice ends up getting cozy with Tyler. And by the time she comes back around to Teddy late in Casa, he tells her that he's going to be a good Ted. And he sleeps outside on a day bed with Jake the whole time. After that truth or dare game and his initial chat with Clarice, he really shows no girl any time of day. Clarice has moved on to quality time with Tyler. And she lotions him up. And after one night away, where he is hemming and hawing about what he should do, he decides to shelve Kaz and crack on with Clarice. Yeah, it did not seem like a hard decision for him either. And snogs her face off in the middle of the night and declares his head turned. Kaz has been going on this whole time about how much she trusts him, and the girls are just feeding into it. So Kaz is going to have a rude awakening ahead of her. Oh yeah, we'll get there momentarily. But before we do, that time-honored Casa tradition... Raunchy races. Now, in the raunchy races, it is okay for everybody to participate in any physical affection challenge. Because there is a prize of shitty drinks at the end. These are not usually seen as cheating, although if somebody who is in a strong couple does something too fast, their partner back at the other house does get miffed. And that does happen a few times here. Liberty, though, as the only girlfriend, is not feeling that snog. Although, to be fair, it's shortest girl, tallest guy. And that's an awkward combination no matter which way you cut it. So she falls over trying to not snog. I have never seen anybody look more disgusted. That was actually very funny. Lily and Liam get forced into a snog because of their name starting with the same letter. He also sucks her toes. Millie knows that he's the tallest boy from the OG boys. And so he's done some things. But she said that she kissed two boys too. So she's not going to take that to heart. And what I believe is a first in Love Island history, Raunchy Races ends in a draw. And both the casa and the villa get a party. And it's fun until the next morning. Oh, yeah, because the next morning we've got a special delivery to the villa. Love these. This year, it's a postcard. Found by Chloe, the only girl who is single and should be ready to mingle. It is not good. On this postcard, Faye sees Teddy kissing another girl and not knowing about truth or dare, but seeing him in his evening clothes, she assumes that he is going to be recoupling with another girl. Well, see, since the truth or dare was not an official Love Island game, it is worse. And it did look for a hot second like he was considering Clarice. Yeah, but Clarice is not even the girl he snogs in this game, right? It was Mary. Correct. Correct. But I'm saying like it looked in the beginning, Teddy was not the perfect angel that he was the rest of the week. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Now, Kaz sees Tyler with another girl. And that's pretty unequivocally heartbreaking for her. She's shattered. Faye is shattered. The two do a lot of, you know, soul searching and crying together. And unbelievably, there are no photos of everything that Liam did, despite that he has really been the worst of all the guys who have been in a solid couple. Millie stays calm because the picture is just him sharing a bed. And you and I have had some discussions. Is that worse than snogging? I don't know. The picture that they showed was not the two of them cuddling in bed either. It was just the two of them sharing a bed and his back to her. With the three-way kiss that they could have used? Yeah. I think the snogging is worse. And certainly by the reactions, the girls think the snogging is worse. Do you think that the producers are maybe saving up this ammo and going to show it to Millie a little later? I hope so. And I'm wondering, so by hiding this, do you think this is an effort to keep Liam and Millie together or break them up or are they just not really thinking and that's neither? I think they're kind of playing it by ear. I think Millie stayed too calm for their liking from that photo. I think they have a lot of drama potential in that. As we'll see, it already starts unrolling at the end of the week. Yeah, it's almost like they wanted Millie to stay true because they were hoping Liam would come back with Lily and that would create some drama. Yeah, listen, if I were Millie and my almost boyfriend came back with some other blonde with a similar name, not as cool, not as pretty, I would burn the fucking villa down. Yeah. I would have a total break from reality and just lose my mind. So meanwhile, Abby sees the picture of Toby kissing Mary, but chooses to trust him until proven otherwise. What is she waiting for? What sign does she think is going to happen that will say I can trust him? You know, interestingly, there are people online who think Abby is playing a total game and is not being sincere that she got in there to mess shit up, as she admitted, and she went after Toby specifically to kind of create that drama. And she stayed with him knowing that he was going to recouple so she could get some sympathy or something like that. But then she says she likes Dale. She's mentioned Dale a few times, but she's not going to go after him because she doesn't want to mess with Chloe again. If you were in there to fuck shit up, wouldn't you pull a Naomi and go after Chloe's man again? Definitely. Especially once he wasn't interested in her. Well, I think it depends. You know, are you trying to get famous and maybe leave or are you trying to win? I don't know. And Jake is exonerated by a boring picture. We all thought that he was going to be the target of the producer's unethical girlfriend prodding. But he really did nothing that could be considered controversial. And so a picture of him sitting next to a girl is really the best they could do. And Liberty knows it. And no one mentions Jake again. After the villa is buzzing about the postcards and Kaz and Faye are crying and Abby is either holding on to nonsense or pretending to hold on to nonsense, Dale and his BFF Chloe go for a chat. He says he is shocked by Tyler's behavior and that he's done because Kaz is not a mug. He also thinks that Faye is completely done with Teddy. So Chloe tells Dale to get Matt talking to Kaz and Sam talking to Faye. The new boys are moving to take advantage. Sam and Matt do seem to be the best positioned. Matthew, who is another person who is just too pure for the villa, says he feels bad for the girls. Sam says he doesn't and no one laughs. And that's why I said, fuck that guy. 
Yep. That wasn't nice. Now, Faye is serious, and we know because she puts on her walk-in bikini for the first time since day one. Even though it's a little tight, as she readily admits. Yep. Uh, but she walks back in a bad bitch. She is ready to mingle. Yeah. More than anyone else, Faye seems to want to move on from her previous couple and start a new fling. This one with Sam. Well, sort of. They opt into bed sharing pretty quickly, but she resolves no kissing. So they have a laugh, a spoon, and a spacious sleep. Not a whole lot happens. And she says she wouldn't care if Teddy recouples, but we all know that's lies. Yep. Meanwhile, Kaz, I think Kaz was actually the one who was more... She was less like, hey, 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 here I am, bad bitch. But Kaz had already been curious about Matthew, and now she's going for it. He tries to talk through the Tyler situation with her, and she's all weirded out, and he is way too neutered about it. But later, they make up for it with a kiss, which Faye is not doing. And then there's a text. And by the way, I actually think that's pretty perceptive, that Faye may look like she's the one who really wants to recouple, but... Really, she just doesn't want to get hurt. And she's really afraid of getting hurt if Teddy comes back with another girl. And that's her primary motivation. Where Kaz, I think you're right, you know, she seems to be more motivated by finding someone for herself. And yes, we've got a text. And that text is... Recoupling tonight. And all the fucking snake guys promise to be there for each other when the shit goes down. Because the shit does indeed go down. Oh, yeah. Now, I have to ask this question. Is this the best post-Casa recoupling in show history? Now, season three was very good. Season six brought it. Season five was also pretty good, too, with Michael and Amber. But I have to think this one might be the best one they've ever done. It is certainly way the hell up there. So first, Chloe recouples with Dale. He wears his chains for it to really establish that friend vibe. That's very funny. Now, Hugo brings back Amy for his part. A very cheese-smiling Amy. She seems really happy. And Hugo's success is met with great joy and applause. Yeah, all the girls are clearly very happy for Hugo. Abby, she made the decision to stick with Toby. Laura asks Abby what she thinks Toby will do, and she said she's like to think he's learned and that since he took a big risk for her, she'll take one for him. And here Abby is really taking that face turn. Yeah, but Toby brings back Mary. And is met by neither joy nor applause. People are pissed, except Chloe, who looks relieved because she dodged a bullet. Mary apologizes to Abby because she really had no clue of the nature of their relationship, although neither did Toby, who was also shocked that she stuck. To be fair, though, I mean, Abby did have this like femme fatale vibe to her before Casa. So to see her all of a sudden go from like, I'm going to fuck shit up to I'm going to be loyal and stick by this clay boy took us all by surprise, I think. Yeah. In the least surprising development, Lib sticks with Jake and he stays true. Honey, I'm home. And when Laura starts to interview him, he just says, can I give her a hug? Look at her. How can I stay away from her? And our hearts all grew three sizes that day. Yeah, very sweet. Kaz mentions the postcard when it's her turn, cluing Hugo, Toby, and Jake that some shit is up. Yep. She recouples with Matt, and I think that actually took the original guys by surprise. 
and Tyler brings back Clarice and Kaz is pissed. Yeah, Tyler is relieved and tries to take the upper hand because Kaz recoupled also. But when Laura asks, Kaz says flat out that she would not have done that had she not seen the photo. And Tyler is like, what photo? Exactly. Faye also mentions the postcard saying a picture is worth a thousand words. And she goes so far as to apologize to all the Casa guys because all the girls were so closed off at first. Yeah, and in a moment that... I think in any other post-Casa recoupling ceremony would have been the premiere moment, the moment everybody is talking about for weeks. And people are still talking about this. It's more like the Nasad Eva thing, though. Teddy comes back in right after Faye recouples with Sam. He walks in alone, heartbroken with that little stuffed teddy bear. And Faye is immediately extremely defensive. She's good enough for a kiss, but not good enough to meet the family. You know, you get the sense that she really quickly realizes that she fucked up. Especially once Teddy leaves the stuffy at the fire pit when he goes to sit down and she has to do a walk of shame up there to retrieve her little stuffed animal. She sees just how hurt and pissed he is because it would have cost him nothing to bring it with him and give it to her. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're in the, the main event, the final reveal. Millie sticks with Liam And he walks back in by himself. Now, they're both relieved. Everybody is so heartwarmed for a moment, especially Millie and Liam, but only for a moment. Yeah, thank goodness, because I will not have him walk in like like fucking hero boyfriend man. He does not deserve to just ice skate in like Curtis did. You know, just like the producers were not going to let Rikerd get away with sleeping with Olivia in season two and then leaving with Rachel. They tried to create some drama there at the end by telling Rachel what Riker did. The producers are not going to let Liam get away with this. And they bring out all of the eliminated contestants. And now that is not unusual. But I think this is the first time we've heard an eliminated contestant get to speak and give a monologue like that. And Liam is caught because Lily gets the chance to give a little speech. Yeah, she claims it was a 50-50 reciprocated connection and that his actions said that he liked her. And then he just blames Lily for pursuing him until he finally just decided to comparison shop. Yeah, he does not come out looking good here. So let's talk about the fallout. Yeah, let us. The Millie and Liam thing is a slow burn, right? So the things that happened in the immediate aftermath. Toby has no idea what to say to Abby and she just says, try. He wants to get to know them both, as usual. So he puts the decision on her, as usual. And she just quietly pleads with him to just make a choice. She's not mad, she's sad. And Toby didn't expect that, and he panics. This is where I kind of had to take some paper towel and some cleaner and scrub off the TV screen to make sure I was seeing things right. What was on the TV? Knock the dust out of the speakers to make sure I was hearing things correctly. Is Toby exhibiting signs of growth? He goes into the confessional, says he's fucked it, and that he might be a bad person for hurting so many people's feelings. And he says he really can't keep doing that. It's not a good thing to do. I was actually shocked to hear him say all of that. 
Yeah, I think Toby keeps having these realizations. He does all these, you know, kind apologies, but he doesn't seem to change his behavior. So Toby's talk is cheap. Okay, yeah, we'll see. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. So Millie is very upset with Liam. It looks like she's going to dump him, but she she stops just short of that. He needs to get a grip. He blames Lily and he blames the guys. And that is some Destiny's Childish bullshit. He belongs in the Destiny's Childish Club. Michael, where are you? She is more upset about the doubts that he had in their relationship that led to Liam even testing the waters with Lily than she is, it seems like, about the kiss itself because it means that Liam's feelings for her must not have been all that strong to begin with. Well, and him saying he was going to make it official when he got back, he just wanted to make sure... That did not help because if you really want someone to be your girlfriend, you don't need to test drive other girls just to make sure. No. I mean, this is one place where I really agree with Hugo and Chloe. All this, oh, we need to test our relationship. All that stuff is bullshit. Nobody does that in real life. I mean, you do get tests, but your tests are not, oh, I'm going to go intentionally get to know this other person because I may actually like them better and leave you. That is not a test. No, you pass the test when you say no. You fail the test when you dabble. Whatever decision you make, you fail the test when you dabble. Yeah. Unless it's an open relationship and you're not exclusive yet. And I guess in that sense. And yeah, with Love Island, the lines are blurry. I get that. It's not like the outside world. And I think the standards are a little different in Love Island. But them not being exclusive was his feather in his cap and him saying that he was going to make it official like makes it so much worse yeah because i think in her mind that they basically were they may not have been formally boyfriend and girlfriend they were in the zone yeah and so she is going to make him prove his love and he is going to try so they're not totally calling it quits clearly millie thought she had this fairy tale romance And this has really caused that illusion to come crashing down. Well, I don't know how she thought that if she never trusted him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I agree somewhat there. I always felt that her lack of trust was more generalized and not specific to Liam. I don't know. I thought she knew what she was talking about. But like Faye, I think she was talking a good game and, you know, feeling other things. Yeah, very possibly. Now, speaking of Faye, Faye and Teddy now have to confront their insecurities. I think she has a point when she said he put kissing games over her feelings. Like, yes, you kissed a girl. It was in a game. Ha ha ha. Funny and fun. But how did he think she was going to feel about that? He didn't think about it is the answer. You know, he didn't think it was going to get back to her. Yeah. And he also realizes that he would be upset if the shoe was on the other foot. He might not be quite as upset, but he definitely would be upset. He does try to show her up on the snogging deck. That he's still the same guy. He wasn't presenting this front. He wasn't being fake with her before. He was being totally genuine. And I think he succeeds. Yeah, she was being so defensive. And I think he was kind of issuing a little bit of responsibility. But when he finally says, you're not the only one who let your guard down, she completely melts. Yeah, and the week ends with Faye breaking down and crying into Teddy's shoulder. I had tears in my eyes. I'm getting a little choked up right now. Like, that was a beautiful scene. It was. Love Island is fucking back. This last week, these last two weeks, I would say, weeks four and five, 
have, in my mind, pushed this season past seasons four and six. I think that we're getting some great storylines. Faye and Teddy are, in my view, because they're so mature maybe, and I relate to them a little bit better, I think they're one of the best romances we've ever seen on the show. And Toby's storyline is just totally ridiculous. Yeah, actually, the Destiny's Childish guys have nominated him to be the next member as long as he does something really epically Jordan-level stupid. That right now, he's just like setting the stage, but he has to really royally epically fuck up to be a member. Yeah, we'll see, man. I don't think he's going to disappoint, but who knows? There's still a few more weeks left. Yeah, I am so excited to see where this goes now. We have some real excitement. Yeah, so let's talk about the state of the couples. Yes, no, no, no. We're talking about the state, state of, of the, the couples. couples. Oh, pardonnez-moi. So, Jake and Lib, last week you predicted they would still be together, and they are. They're going to keep going, baby. They will be together at the end of next week, you think? Land of the free and the home of Jibberty. They're going all the way to the end, you think? They have to. They would be stupid to not stick together, whether real or fake, at this juncture. Now, Liam and Millie, last week, you thought they would still be together. So technically, you're right. They are. Did you think Liam was going to go that far astray at Casa? No. Yeah. I not didn't at all. Either. I did not either. I, I thought agree. he would maybe pull like a Teddy level offense. Yeah. But I did not think he was going to go all the damn way. Faye and Teddy. I think I did say they were going to stay together. Yeah, you did, I think. And I'm sorry, you were wrong about that. Who saw that coming? Yeah, I didn't either. But Faye and Sam, will they be together in a week? They won't even be together tomorrow. Yeah, I know. This is like so clearly Faye and Teddy are getting back together. The minute, the minute he broke down her defenses, you knew it was over for Sam. And Sam knows it's over for Sam. Kaz and Tyler, last week. I said I wanted them to stay together. Yeah. I was going to seek it into existence. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I just wanted it. Yeah, I wanted it too. Now, Kaz and Matt, will they be together at the end of next week? No. I Really? So do you think that Kaz and Tyler are going to get back together? No. Okay. But I don't think Kaz and Matt are going to stay together either. Ooh, what about Tyler and Clarice? I think they have a shot at staying together. Okay. She's hot, man. She is. She so, is hot and she is into him. And while I don't know if it's a romance for the ages, I think he's got to give it its shot. Man, she is smoking. So the prediction is Kaz and Matt will not be together, but Kaz and Tyler will not get back together. But Tyler and Clarice, then moving on to Hugo and Amy. We did not talk about Hugo and Chloe since they were a friendship. Do you think Hugo and Amy will be a couple in another week? The optimist in me says yes. It's got to be. Who else does either one have? Or he could friend zone her again. I don't know. I think that he's excited this time. This one looks like it could go somewhere. If he doesn't trip over his own two feet, metaphorically, I, I think they'll stay together. Now, Toby and Abby, last week, you had absolutely not. <laughs> they will not be together, which was a good prediction because Casa was coming up. Toby and Mary, will they be together in another week? I think yes, but they won't be happy. Okay. I think he's going to try to stick it out with Mary just to prove that he's not a total piece of crap. And in doing so, prove himself to be a total piece of crap. I can see that. All right. Now, finally, Chloe and Dale, who are basically already in a friend couple. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe Abby will crack on with Dale. Yeah. I would like to see Abby crack on with Dale. Me too. I would not mind. And with that, it's time to talk about our fantasy leagues. 
fantasy love island it's still active we draft every single week so if you haven't played yet you can still play for the last three weeks there is a spreadsheet you can go to my twitter at lbli podcast download the google doc i do update the scoring so you do not have to manually score at home for week five our highest scorer of week five casa week is hugo stop yep hugo got 81 points and not only is that the best hugo has ever done by far he also beats out liam who came in with 72 hugo good for you man i'm glad you had one week in the sun job done job done liam at 72 Nobody else had a particularly strong week. I guess you could say Tyler at 52 was not bad. Well, all the girls were back at the villa twiddling their thumbs and complaining. Yeah, exactly. Abigail finished the week with just eight points. So so how did we do? How did we do? I am happy to report that I beat you by eight points in week five. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you recall... You had a one-point lead going into the week, so now I am up seven points. You had Abigail and Toby, which I think was a decent pick, but- Who thought Abby was going to stick? Yeah, I went with Chloe, because she was single, and Teddy, because I thought he actually was going to stray. He didn't, but he had just enough points to give me the edge. All right, it's time for my favorite segment, the TNA Report. The TNA report. Ben, you had some strong feelings this week. Why don't we uh, go person by person and you can kick it off. All right. So let's start with Millie. I have to say, the beginning of the week, she's wearing this, I called it her circus tent two-piece. I know exactly what you mean. The white with the goldish stripes. It's just billowy and boofy. Yeah. The pattern looked like it could have been on a circus tent. Bad choice, Millie. Usually I like Millie's clothes. Yeah, I did love the gold wrap up heels, though, that she paired with them. Yeah. Faye. Faye had a rough week and there are ones I didn't even mention. She wore a wide open beige dress with lapels. Like, are you a slutty Girl Scout? I kind of want to go out clubbing one night in the city post pandemic just to see. Is this the normal thing? Are girls just wearing all of these like open tops now and barely concealing their boobs? Or is this a Love Island thing? All right, so my husband just said that he wants to go clubbing to see if girls are really wearing their shirts wide open. This is a science experiment. This is just for social science. I'm not actually... I actually don't think it looks good. I'm not attracted to it. It's weird. She also wears a very similar two-piece, beigeish, yellowish, wide-open monstrosity later in the week. And I also hated the shiny orange top, light blue jeans, and orange shoes. I know the 90s are back, and that is the worst of the 90s. We can't talk about Faye without also talking about what she wears to the recoupling. She looks banging. She clearly wants to look great for Teddy. She's wearing this long, double high slit blue dress, which online sleuthing revealed to be a long shirt from Zara. Yeah, she's got no panty lines either. So who knows what's going on underneath? She looked amazing in it. You can be revealing without getting a tisk tisk from the school marms here. Yeah, no, I agree. I didn't think it was too revealing at all. I thought it was very, very sexy. 
Yeah, so kudos to Faye on that one. All right, let's talk about Lily. So on a positive note, I did like the white shell bikini that she was wearing in the beginning. It kind of had mermaid vibes with the hair. You know, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, that was kind of cool, actually. In contrast to that white wrap dress and again boobs falling out it's so weird for me to be complaining about boobs but here we are well some of the appeal is in the mystery yes right that dress was so over the top it looked like toilet paper it was trying too hard that was the one with the nipple that was just like putting all her assets on the table trying to make one last desperate attempt to get liam to like her all right let's talk about mary mary the poop brown croc slides Poop brown? Really? That's the best you can do? How much did Crocs pay for all this product placement? And poop brown? Sorry, I can't get I can't get my head around that part. With all the colors that they come in, why poop brown? But I just want to give Mary some credit. In the shots where she's wearing less makeup, you can really see just how beautiful she is. I mean, her eyes get a lot of attention, but she just has a beautiful face in general. And Yeah, let's talk about that recoupling ceremony. Yeah, so Laura Whitmore comes in and steals the show with her fuchsia dress. It's got black leaves and flowers and black platforms. We've only seen Laura a few times, but every outfit she wears steals the scene. And a few of the girls also had really nice outfits at the recoupling. Kayla, we barely see her, but she had a really nice wrap halter on. It's like a pantsuit. Yeah. Super cool. And Kaz's white sparkly dress, I also was a big fan of. Don't even remember it. And Abby's green dress, I thought was extremely flattering and, and you know, Like cool. the olive yeah. green with the grommets. Yeah, yep. that was really cool. And of course, Faye. We had one boy to mention this week. Dale's dumb chain. I cannot say it enough. And also, I have a question mark because he wore white jeans to the recoupling. I don't particularly care, but apparently it is a fashion crime. Yeah, I think that white jeans are extremely not cool right Remember now. Remember when they were? Yeah, like season six of Love Island. Yeah. So white jeans are one of these things that briefly have these moments in the sun, right? All right. It is time for Top Bits. Top Bits. I love it. What are our top bits this week, Beck? So the first day rundown of sporting activity, if you know what I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Lib won 2-0 and kept control of the ball. Tyler is lacing up his boots on the sidelines and Hugo doesn't even like sport anymore. This is before Casa, obviously, before he pulled away with the fantasy lead. Number two, when the guys are discovered to be gone, having left for Casa Amor, Faye has mixed feelings. She's sad because she just opened up to Teddy, but she is thrilled to have a house with no boys as it is an opportune time to take a massive shit. That was a very, very funny moment. The girls are very excited that the new boys make iced coffee that doesn't taste like Weetabix. Which for our non-British listeners, it's a breakfast cereal. So imagine shredded wheat with no frosting crossed with cardboard. That's Weetabix. How do they make the coffee taste that bad? I don't know. Weetabix is not good. And if the coffee tastes like Weetabix, that is not a good sign. So I want to go back for another top bit to Matt and Kaz's kiss. They cheers. She takes a sip and she notices that he doesn't. And she asks him, you don't want a drink? And he goes, nope. And he sticks it on her. That was another smooth one. Yeah. Go, Matt. 
Go, Matt. And finally, Lib and Jake, post-Casa, agreed that it was nice to spend some time apart missing each other. She confesses to habitually smelling his aftershave left in the bathroom, but it wasn't even his. That was so funny. For a little while, I was not as enthralled with Jake and Liberty, but I will say that when you see them come back together, together they're very compelling. Apart, not so much. They're so cute. They have like this like Lucy and Ricky vibe. Like she packs his shoes, but she packs two different sizes. She's smelling the wrong aftershave. She accepts the ring with the wrong hand. And he just loves it. He's just so enamored by her. They're so cute. Yeah, I really do like them. This was a fantastic week. This is going to be a long episode, but you know what? It's totally worth it. We sounded pretty smart at periods today. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a long one. And you're going to love it. Well, you already did love it because this is the end of the episode. So there you go. You can find us on social media. I am at LBLI podcast on Twitter. At LBLI Peng. We're on Facebook where I am starting to become more active because I am old and I hang out on Facebook. We have an Instagram. I guess I should get around to that. And you can email us at littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. Yeah, tell us, how's your fantasy team doing? What is your state of the couple predictions? You know, you can find me on the Love Island subreddit. I am there posting quite often. We have a Discord, which is a private Discord if you are a supporter, even at $2 a month. I've been hanging out on there a lot lately because I'm binge watching the challenge. So we talk about Love Island. We also talk about other reality TV. And of course, we talk about our podcast. So I am going to start. And I didn't even tell you this to you, Ben. So there is a show on HBO Max called F-Boy Island that has got 38% rating from Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. but an 87% of Google user approval. Ooh. So I am going to start watching that. And if it's worth discussing, I will start a Discord channel on that. You know who is casting for F-Boy Island? Would that be worldwide casting? Yeah, Kathy and Joel were casting for that. They're back up and online, folks. Oh, cool. All right, good. I'm glad to hear our friends at Worldwide Casting are back in action. So, from Staten Island to Love Island, job done.